Hey guys, this is Eric Nelson. I decided to start a podcast talking with the people who make up Center Point Church and learn a little bit about each individual unique walk of faith. Hope you enjoy. I just feel me doing a podcast. Where you do this? <laughs> On this episode, I get to talk with J.R. Aspinwall. It seems like JR and his family are always serving at the church, and I got to learn a little bit more about him, how him and his wife Leslie met, and what his take is on how the church is being impacted by going more online. Hope you enjoy. Before we start, I wanted to tell you, you know, one of my first impressions of you was, you know, going to to Heritage and seeing how involved you were helping out, and I remember serving in the kids' church and trying to help out clean up and just the system that you had going where you loading up the the truck and everything (laughs) i mean that was just like i'm like i don't even know where to start but i was just like you know i'll put the stuff here you had the you know going but just going from just seeing how much of a a servant heart you had for that and you know you were very influential in making that happen and so um, that was kind of one of my my first impressions of you so like i said i don't know a ton about you i know you got Two kids, right? Yep, two kids. So you got Eli and Hannah, and, Hannah. Mm-hmm. and then um, Leslie's your wife. Yep. And um, how did you? How, how did you and Leslie meet? Oh man, that's a that's a good story, um, and it's kind of somewhat predicated on a lie, <laughs> and I'll explain what I mean by that. So uh, we met in uh, in high school at where, her, where at was her that? church in Waycross, Georgia. Okay. Uh, so we, we grew up in the same town. Um, she claims we went to the same middle school because she claims she saw me in middle school, but I, I didn't see her, so okay. I can't verify that. Uh, but we went to two different high schools. and we all, So I was 17 when we met. She was 15. Mm-hmm. So we joked that we basically raised each other or helped <laughs> raise each other. Uh, but her church used to have something called Fifth Quarter. And basically the town we grew up in, and football was a big thing. High school football was a big thing. And so pretty much on Friday nights, everybody would go to the high school game, and then about 10 o'clock or so, the game's over. you got all these kids that have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So her church, which used to be a, a private school, and it, it, the church had actually bought the facility um, and then added a uh, sanctuary, but they had a gymnasium, classrooms, and all this stuff. So the church leadership decided, we're going to use this and bring the youth in, you know, the kids of the community, and offer it up. Friday night, so hence hence the name Fifth Quarter. So after yeah. that football game was over, they invited everybody over. So this was like ten o'clock at night, 10, or like... ten o'clock to midnight. Wow. Okay. And so I was, I mean, I still I'm early early to rise, and even back then, man, I was I was in bed <laughs> early. But the one thing that would keep me up early or keep me up late, basketball. So I heard that their gym was open. You could go play all you wanted till midnight. Oh, nice. So I went and, and she went and her, her mom would uh, chaperone it. Uh-huh. So literally, I mean, the way I remember it, Leslie might tell you different, but the night that I met her, she walked in and I was like in the middle of a shot and I happened to look over. I don't even know if the shot like <laughs> made it or bricked off the back, but I, I just kind of walked off the court and went into their youth hall. And started talking to her. And here's kind of the, the, the predicated on the live part. Uh-huh. So there was a uh, pool table in there. <clears throat> and I had never really, really had, you know, played pool. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of picked, you know, picked up a pool cue, stick, whatever. And, but I went in and I told her, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, 
I'm an expert. Professional. I'm there a professional. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. a pool shark. I can teach you everything <laughs> you want to know. And it was kind of funny because she was like, oh, I don't even, I don't think she was really that interested in pool. Uh-huh. But she would, she, oh man, that, I'd love to learn. That's great. <laughs> and so I, no lie, I mean, I don't know how it worked. God must have been guiding my shots or whatever. I mean, I was cleaning the place <laughs> up. And I kind of wrote it, man. I just said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional and just kind of use that opportunity to kind of hop myself up. Okay. We talked, and it wasn't until years later I said, you know, I've, I've never really played pool. I don't <laughs> even know why I was that good. But, yeah, so we, we met at her church. Uh, okay. Growing up when we were teenagers. So how old were you about then when you guys met? You said. I, so, I was seven, so I had just turned 17 like two weeks prior to that uh, we first met. And she was uh, about three months shy of turning 16. Okay. So we were... For kids okay and then so how old were you guys when you guys got married so I was 21 and she was 20 okay so got married my, my senior year in college and then so still in Georgia and everything so at that then, point we we were in Atlanta okay uh, in college uh, so was where'd 20, you go to co- college Georgia Tech okay and then she was at Georgia State okay so uh, yeah we, we, we kind of looked at it like you know what we're here uh-huh let's, let's, I mean no point in Delaying it. Yeah. So I went to, to school in, in Georgia um, for a little bit. Do you miss Do you miss Georgia? I do. Yeah. I do miss Georgia. Yeah. What do you miss? All the, the people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there's there's some crazy crazy cats up in Georgia, and mm-hmm. um, you, there's a lot of people. You know, a lot of jokes. People like to have fun in Georgia. So you were um, a Georgia Tech fan, not necessarily like Georgia Bulldogs fan, or? Well, there's a story about that too. So I, my family were diehard. Uh, UGA fans, uh-huh. uh, Bulldogs, and that's kind of how I was raised. And you know, I got to a point where I was probably probably middle school where I said, you know, I want to be an engineer. And unless you go away, you know, if if you want to stay in state, the only place to do it is Georgia Tech yeah. in state. And I didn't really understand the even whole, if you're not in state. I mean, Georgia Tech's a great school. Yeah, for, well, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yeah, pretty good. So yeah. I. I I didn't really realize what that meant, um, the line I was crossing when I did that. But okay. um, yeah, I I don't necessarily openly pull for UGA. I keep my eye on them. Okay. I, I know when they win, it means a lot to the state of Georgia. So that, that's okay with me. One of the big things when I moved to Georgia was, you know, some clarification I had to do with some of the people that were from Georgia was that it's the Florida Georgia game, not the Georgia Florida game. And so, you know, everybody has that, you know, yeah. disagreement between, you know, Every you know in Jacksonville, it's going to be Florida Georgia, right. and so everybody's like you know. When, once I heard people saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to go to the Georgia Florida game," I'm like, "What? Wait, what is that?" Like it didn't it didn't cross my mind that it was just oh they they made Georgia in the front of that. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, what brought you uh, to the Melbourne Florida area? So I came uh, Leslie. I moved to Palm Bay mm-hmm. in '05 for work. Okay. So I had just finished grad school. And I, funny thing, I've, I've always, there's just something about the beach, kind of mm. tropical vibe. I always wanted to live near the beach. And so, you know, out of grad school, I was looking at different opportunities and there was an opportunity in Palm Bay. And at, at first I kind of, I thought it was uh, West Palm, you know, cause everything's mm. got Palm in it. And so um, came down here, I'm like, this isn't West Palm, this is <laughs> somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, that was, come here for work. 
Okay. About 16, well, 15 years ago, 15 and a half years ago. And what company was that for? It was, at the time, Midwest Research Institute. Um, okay. Uh, later on, uh, the name, company changed the name to MRI Global. Okay. Which I was never a fan of, because that sounds like the evil company <laughs> in a comic book or, you know, something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, Midwest Research Institute, uh, headquartered out of Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. All right. And so how long did you work there? So I worked there from, uh, actually, my first day on the job was April Fool's Day of 2005. So April uh-huh. 1st, 05 to uh, last, uh, well, this past January, actually. Okay. Um, is, is January 3rd was my last day. So I guess that's just a few months short of 15 years. Okay. And so tell me a little bit about, I know a little bit about that transition, but um, tell me kind of what happened recently with your job and um, how that all played out for you guys. Yeah, man. So there, that's, it seems like my life is just one crazy story after another. Um, so we, we had our best year financially as a division here in Florida in uh, 2017, 2018. And as um, as a result, we, we joked that we kind of funded our own demise. Our, our management decided that it would just, the company would be stronger and, and we'd be more, uh, you know, better positioned for, for the long term to be under one roof as, a, as opposed to being uh, separated by distance. So management decided to bring our, our the, I guess, the personnel and the capability back to, to Kansas City. And so they decided to move us all, but I, I, I like it out in the Midwest, but I'm just, like I said, I like being close to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided not to go. Mm. And initially we, we had like a couple months, you know, to kind of make the decision, but uh, there were a lot of us that didn't want to make the move. So they ended up giving, um, you know, six, half, about a half year to, to make the move. And they were actually really good to me. They, they allowed me to work remotely for a few months before I, I was able to, to move on, mm-hmm. which nowadays that's, you know, most places would, would go ahead and cut you, let you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went from, <clears throat> as soon as that news broke, I kind of started looking around the different, uh, different opportunities. I actually had multiple, multiple opportunities, but they, they all involve kind of leaving the area or going to, you know, do something, uh, you know, go out, do something different. I just didn't really feel like that was, uh, where, where I need, needed to go. Didn't feel like that was on the path that God had for me. So I, I actually went from having several opportunities early in 2019 to at the end of 2019 not having any opportunities. Okay. And so I w- my company allowed me to work. I was actually the last person to leave um, at the local side. So I was mm-hmm. working remotely. And my division director kind of came to me and said, hey, um, you know, you, you didn't make the move. We're, we're making this work, but uh, something's got to yeah. happen soon because you know we, you know, we this is part of the plan for you to be down here. Mm-hmm. And long, long story short, God opened up an awesome uh, opportunity for for me here at L3 Harris. Nice. And I probably don't even have enough time in the podcast to go <laughs> through all of that um, and how God worked. But it's it's one of these things where, and I think I just was sharing with y'all uh, last week. Absolutely, hundred percent. I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I know where I'm where God wants me. And man, that's a good feeling. It was it was a little it was a little scary there for a, a bit. Uh, yeah. I didn't know how things were going to turn out. Um, and I, I, I feel like 
as God always does, you know, his timing was perfect. I was I was probably not too far away from not having a job, uh-huh. and he came right in and unbeknownst to me, man, he was he was working in the background making things happen. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, glad you didn't make the move because I mean, you and your whole family are such you know great roles in in the church and you know serving and everything and um, helping with the kids' church and all that you do and everything. And so um, you know, I think. I'm glad you you didn't didn't make the move and everything. Glad that you know uh, Harris worked out for you too. And so you've been in that position for a little bit now, a couple Since, months. Since uh, January. Okay. So what? Gosh, this is October. So that's what ten months or mm-hmm. nine months or something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, as far as um, you know, being involved in the the church, did did you guys come to Centerpoint and just immediately get involved? Like how how is that process for you guys? Did you try out different churches or? So we were actually at a church, another church uh, previously, um, and we you know loved it. We were very active there, plugged in. Um, but actually, Hannah, uh, Hannah had a couple friends uh, at Centerpoint, so Darby mm-hmm. and Marissa uh, and uh, Bianca. Uh, whom I think she's known since kindergarten, basically. Um, you know, they were in touch and everything over at, uh, you know, the middle school and high school. And they invited her to come to some, some youth stuff. And so, you know, we were like, that's cool. Uh, you know, go, go to some youth stuff. And she started uh, going and really enjoying it and kind of came to us and said, hey, oh, actually, no, I know what it was. They were going on a, uh, like a summer youth kind of trip thing. And so she came to us and said, hey, I want to go on this. And I, you know, I like to, I like to know the deal when, when it comes to my kids and all that. So I said, okay, yeah, with it. I don't have any problem with that, but I want to go check check the place out first. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we came uh, in uh, on a few off Sundays that we had, and really, I mean, just kind of got drawn in. I mean, just from from beginning to end, I really enjoyed the worship, really enjoyed the people enjoyed hearing Pastor Tom speak and mm-hmm. just felt like, man, this seems to be, this feels like home. Nice. And, you know, we, we didn't really like the idea of Hannah being kind of in youth and us being away. So we just decided, hey, I think this makes sense for, for all of us to be here. So, That's great. Uh, yeah, we, we made, made that jump, came over, and it seemed like we were able to immediately fit right in and start getting busy and getting plugged in and do stuff. and. That's awesome. Yeah. Really and so, so Hannah is in high school or graduated? So or? she's graduated. Okay. Um, she's in her first year of college now at Eastern Where, Florida. Okay, good. And then Eli is in eighth grade. Okay. Over at uh, Southwest Middle School. Okay. So what high school will he go to after? He'll be at Bayside High School. Okay, nice. Very good. So how, how far, so how many years apart are they? They are four and a half years. Okay. That's like my sister and I. My sister and I were about four years apart. So we actually, we had we had one year in high school. So I was a freshman and she was a um, senior. And so a little bit closer, but about the, about the same age and everything. And so I've got now, you know, a lot younger, but the boy and a girl. And so um, how, how have you kind of encourage that. I've, I've always kind of, you know, wondered growing up my kids into the, the church and everything. How have, I mean, both of your, your kids have been super involved in church. How have you kind of fostered that, um, just being a parent and the differences between, you know, 
boys and girls can be a little bit different as a parent, but how have you fostered them just, you know, being active in the church? Yeah, so the, the biggest thing, I, I'm a firm believer, and, you know, God gives each of us, you know, talents, abilities, gifts through His Spirit, and really making use of those those talents, abilities, and gifts. And so but my children, they've got the same parents, but, boy, they almost couldn't be two different people, if, <laughs> you know, if we tried to make them different. Uh-huh. And so I, I, you know, look at them each and, and really try to help them see what their strengths are and, and what their talents and, and abilities are and help them try to get plugged in that way. And that was something for Hannah. Um, so she was active in the, the drama mm-hmm. in youth and then yes. even the, the praise uh, band over at Heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, you know, that really, there was those opportunities for her and she was able to, to come in and get plugged in. Um, Eli, he's he's a little bit more like me. He's you know a little bit more analytical, and you know he mm-hmm. he's, he will be at Legos or computers or whatever. You know he's he's wanting to build stuff or, or make stuff, and so I'm trying to get him more. You know, just recently we were uh, doing some little construction project uh, over the church for um, some stuff, and you know trying to bring him along and mm-hmm. plug him in, and you know some of the different men's things. Dave's been real good about you know letting letting him come along and. Cool. And, be, and so really just trying to, you know, help them match up their talents and abilities with, with just opportunities that, that are at church. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I wanted to ask you, as far as, you know, spiritual disciplines go, you know, we, we have prayer or meditation or, you know, even just, um, you know, those spiritual disciplines, what would you say is the toughest for you? And what would you say is kind of you want to leave or what do you think is important to kind of pass down to your kids as far as spiritual disciplines go? Well, I know for me just personally, um, prayer is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, just be a personal prayer to really corporate prayers I find challenging. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's just not... Um, I don't really see myself as a good speaker. I, I, I just don't, I, it's, it's something I feel like it does, sometimes I have to search for words. And one of my ways around that is I, you know, I keep everything light and kind of joke around a little bit. And it, it, I don't know, it seems like when you're praying, maybe you need to be a little bit more serious. So I, I find that hard and, and difficult. And like I said, the, especially the, the corporate prayer, because I, you know, I, I know you're not supposed to do this, but I hear other people pray, and I'm like, man, that was an awesome prayer. I can't even come close to that. But I think that's where I, and I've started to learn, that's, that's sort of where I go wrong. It's not, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be listening to them and trying to emulate. It, it really should be, you know, earnest, direct to God, which is, mm-hmm. you know, what, what it is. And so that is, is kind of what I try to push down to my kids of being real. Mm-hmm. And I've said this, and you know, if anybody knows me um, and, and hangs around me long enough, they know that for me, if when it comes to church, if it's not real, I won't part. I don't be part of it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's super important to, that it's it's not made up or it's not fake. It's not going through the motions. And so I really try to push to them. Look, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether it's it's prayer or or you know, stewardship mm-hmm. or <clears throat> whatever. Be serious about it, and, and, and you know, make sure it's 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 real. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do it just because someone else is doing it, or you think that's what is the cool thing to do, or you know, people are watching or whatever. Let it let it be real. Mm-hmm. So, 
Well, I don't, I don't get that when I when I hear you talk. I feel like you got that little southern draw and everything. So that automatically is like I need to listen to what this guy's got to say. Kind of like you know when you hear like a like a British commentator, like their IQ like just jumped up a couple oh, yeah. points. It's like when I hear you talk, I'm like this guy's got some you know spiritual wisdom that he wants to throw my way. So. It makes me feel good. I always hear that if with a southern accent, you can say things even kind of kind of mean somebody, but uh-huh. it just comes across nice. So yeah. I guess that's a, a bit side benefit. <laughs> Um, so, you know, being involved in the, in the church and everything, um, what would you say, how do you actively pursue, uh, pursue spiritual growth, uh, personally? So the, the biggest thing I found, uh, like, just like I said earlier, I, in some group settings, I'll, I'll hear others uh, and I just think, man, they got it together and it can be a little intimidating, but at the same time, that's that iron sharpens iron kind of thing and, and I'd, so I'd say that the biggest thing is to try to surround myself with with people that can hold me accountable mm-hmm. um, serve as role models serve as, as examples um, and, and really kind of uh, edify me build you know help help uh, grow me and, and you know whether it's uh, in a men's group or um, I used to like our at heritage we'd have our kind of beginning mm-hmm. uh, before the service thing just gathering with people um, try trying not to be alone in my faith, but but share you know share faith with others. And I, I just I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just starting to to see the tip of the iceberg on it. You know, there's so much more uh, under the surface with that. And I, I think all these things kind of go together as far as you know being real and being around others. And and it's you know it's I think about you know once upon a time, and I might have shared uh, shared this with you just this past week. And I used to never want to be in a, a small group. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I could I could find a thousand other things to do. <laughs> and I was you know one day I was really challenged by someone to to you know take it serious and try to be part of it. And man, I, I did. And I was I was amazed. Number one, I was amazed at how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number two, I was amazed at how much I grew. Uh, grew. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in prayer. And there's something powerful about getting together with others and sharing things that you're struggling with and praying for each other mm-hmm. and then coming back the next week and someone saying, hey man, how's, how's that going? Mm-hmm. And you feel like, okay, they really, they really, they, they remember number one, but number two, they're bringing it up. They're asking me about it. Yeah. So just supporting each other, praying for each other, holding each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that's, I think that's a pretty key part of it. Yeah. I, I found that in, in my men's group and just knowing that, you know, if I don't go a week or two, I, I notice it. I notice it in how I, you know, go about my, my job or how I'm, you know, just irritable sometimes. And it's it's definitely something that I've valued more just being around, you know, men of faith that, are, like you said, iron sharpens iron, you're, you're able to, to grow. But that, that accountability piece is, is good. You know, if, if I'm slacking off or if I'm, you know, doing something that is, is not good, you know, those guys are going to call me out on it. And I think that's, you know, very good to have those relationships because, you know, you, you we're not perfect. We're not going to go through life just, you know, skating by. And um, we have to have those people that, you know, can call us out and keep us accountable. Um, so did you did you, you grow up in the church with that kind of relationships going on or was it um, kind of a growth thing? Or uh, Yeah, for me, it was kind of a, a growth thing. Um, and so, I, you know, growing up in the church, we, you know, I had my, my youth group, and that was that was really an integral part 
for me, um, probably, probably from when I was in middle school on up, um, that the youth group was really, really important. But I, there wasn't a lot of, you know, it was always a bigger group. You know, the, the smaller group thing wasn't, wasn't something I, I kind of participated in all that much. You know, when I got into college, uh, there was several, several, uh, I guess, opportunities I had to get in smaller groups, and I just, I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't think it was for me. I didn't think that was, you know, mm-hmm. something that would work for me. And it wasn't until, gosh, I was probably in my late twenties, early thirties, that I really got in a group, and it's like, man, this is, this is really, this is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since being at Centerpoint, I've, I've pretty much been in groups, you know, since the beginning, nice. uh, you know, over the last uh, few years, and it's, okay. it's made a difference, yeah. Very good. And um, so I also wanted to ask you, so this has been a, um, just a, a really kind of crazy time in, in history and everything going on, and, um, you know, when, when you think about, like, Jesus's life and stories in, in the Bible, is there any particular story or lesson that that resonates with you um kind of going through this you know coronavirus and stuff and even just today any, anything that you've kind of read recently or in the past you know year that um just came out to you in a different way yeah uh there is uh, something and this is something i guess early on in the year before uh, it was a bible study so my, my men's group uh, we were going through the the book of mark and Corona, I think we had heard about it in the news, but it really hadn't become what it is now. Uh, but the story uh, in Mark, it's, it's uh, Jesus and his disciples, are, they're kind of leaving the temple complex. And I think a few of the disciples kind of comment about, man, look how great this, look at the buildings, look, this is, this is really awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, Jesus kind of tells them, like, you know, this is, this is all coming down. Like, this, this isn't going to be around uh, much longer. And then it, uh, you keep reading it a little bit later, I think they're over at the Mount of Olives or something, and kind of a few of the disciples come up to him. And, and by the way, this, that's something I always, I kind of imagine this being like conversations. Because uh-huh. if you just read the words, man, they're kind of, it's just words. But if you kind of <laughs> try to get into the what's happening. Create a picture. Yeah, a create movie. a picture and kind of yeah. a scene, it, it jumps out at you. And so, yeah, they kind of come up to Jesus and they're like, hey, yeah, you were talking about this coming down. Uh, when's that going to happen? <laughs> and, and Jesus kind of, he, he sort of goes, you know, he's, he's quoting scripture. He's, he's talking, well, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is, and, you know, he lays out this thing. And it's kind of scary. I mean, if you, if you read what he says, it's like, whoa, that's, that's real deal. Like, you know, like Raiders of the Ark, <laughs> a lost Ark kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And then he, he kind of gets to the end. He's like, oh, yeah, back to your question. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Only the Father, the angels don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. Only uh-huh. the Father knows that. And so it's, you know, this whole end times thing. And you, you look around, you listen for very long. People's talking about, is this the end times? Is this how it all goes out? But I, I don't know, man. I suspect that people's probably been asking that question mm-hmm. uh, for, a, for a while now. And so the reason I bring up that example in Mark is that that question's been asked for a while now. I mean, that was 2,000 years ago. They were asking, when's it going to happen? Mm-hmm. 2,000 years later, when's it going to happen? And the reason that kind of jumps out at me is, is Jesus kind of takes that opportunity to direct them to the Father. Mm-hmm. Only the Father knows 
I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. The angels don't know. That's and, and so that my kind of t- my takeaway is, it's it's probably not worth spending a whole lot of time trying to figure out when, but it's if Jesus draws attention to the Father, it's probably worth taking some time to to meditate and focus on the Father. Mm. So that's that's something that's kind of been on my mind a little bit. That okay. Yeah, just like back then, you know, it, there's pro- it's, it's somewhat fruitless to mm-hmm. try to figure out if this is the end. But yeah. Lord, I'm just going to focus on you. So we can read all the the studies, the news articles, and try to figure out, you know, when coronavirus is going to be there, or what, when the vaccine is going to come out, mm-hmm. and all that. We can, you know, spend all of our time worrying about all that, and um, you know, at the end of the day, it's you know up to the you know the father already knows he's got, right. he's got it under control and everything and so I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go out on a limb here but I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's nothing that's ever happened that God has said whoa I did not see that coming uh-huh. so I mean just just that you know I don't probably not well Jesus said don't uh-huh. don't you know but those of you if you worry like can you make yourself taller can you make yourself <laughs> no you can't do it yeah um, so have um have there been any any books or or documentaries that have have impacted your your walk of faith oh man well you said documentary uh so i just referenced uh i referenced that documentary back in the 80s right with uh was it um indiana jones and mm-hmm. you know the, the raiders of the lost star <laughs> i always joke around and, and talk about that being a documentary uh, but you know it's it's I joke about that, but like I said, I, I like I like to imagine things. Mm-hmm. Like I always imagine like the actual, you know, Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to try to think. I think about the temple. I think about these. You know, you read these stories, um, and I just I, I try to build this picture in my in my head of you know what like you know Joshua going into into the promised land you know he's, they're marching and get they've got the ark in front of them and uh, you know what did that look like you know mm-hmm. moses and the red sea part and so you think of like uh, the ten commandments with charlton heston and mm-hmm. you know kind of how that worked out um so there's there's those kinds of things that make me think um but you know in terms of just anything recently um so i've i like watching these all this stuff on the science channel i'm speaking to kids i'm eli mm-hmm. we'll watch you know how the universe you know description of the universe or whatever mm-hmm. and it's got I think that got micro he, okay. he narrates it yep. and they talk about galaxies and supernova mm-hmm. and quasars and Jupiter and all these random things and you know when you well, or at least me when I watch those things and you know I stop to consider just this, the scale and complexity of, of the universe and the things that are in it and I, you know I, myself and how insignificant I am to all those other things that I'm watching. I'm both in awe of just God's creation, mm-hmm. but then the fact that I'm in it. I mean, that's I sit there and I, I look, I listen to those things, and they talk about like how many, you know, billions of light years the mm-hmm. universe is, or whatever. And I'm like, wow, that's really big, and I'm really small, but that's, God really loves me. That, that's interesting because <laughs> I feel the same way when I watch those type of things, but other people would watch those type of things and kind of use that as like fuel to kind of disprove there's there's you know you watch those different documentaries and 
about space and whatever and um you know they kind of use that to disprove it's all you know um you know just evolution it's all just you know those things happening after one another and you know there's no kind of god in that and so how, how do you i guess have you had conversations with people that have had that take and um yeah, what what is what is your dialogue with them, or how do you take that on? So it, it's interesting you ask that. Um, for whatever reason, I don't. Maybe it's my lot in life, my calling, whatever. Pretty much since I've been in college, um, especially at my my last job, uh, it was it was really bad. Not so much at my new job, which is kind of different for me. Mm-hmm. I've always for what encountered atheists. Mm-hmm. That I mean, like the militant, diehard, mm-hmm. like hardcore atheists that like they want to argue with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I got to admit, uh, this is, uh, for, for better or worse, it just is what it is, I guess. Uh, when I was in college, I thought, okay, I'm going to craft this slick argument, and I'm going to convince them <laughs> where they're wrong and that God is real. And they, they will leave this conversation knowing that, that they have a creator and he cares about them. And, man, so many times I left that conversation just down because yeah. I was ineffective mm-hmm. and man I, I I don't know what took me so long I mean I just over and over and over just I mean flat, in some cases flat out arguing with people mm-hmm. and it's like one day God got a hold of me and said man you're just you're kind of draining yourself man that's not what you're called to do mm-hmm. um, and so it, it was like the, the proverbial like the clouds parted and the light shined on me and I just realized one day you know it's it's not my Responsibility. That's mm-hmm. not on me. That's that's God, and that, and that's a good thing because God's more than able to to handle Himself. He doesn't need me to come in and and you know pick a fight for Him. <laughs> but but it also and I know that may sound like I'm kind of separating myself from any kind of responsibility to share Christ. But that's you know I I, I saw that I was probably doing more harm than good, mm. and so I, I realized the best thing I can do is just be there. And you know, present the light as as God isn't me. Just let it let it shine through. And so, at my at my last job, I kind of had that experience in college, and I got there, and it, it was like order of magnitude more. Like these these folks are really, and as soon as they they get any inkling that I'm I'm I'm, I'm always the the church guy uh-huh. or you know the religious dude, the Jesus freak, you know uh-huh. all that kind of stuff, and they just want to come. And again, I, maybe God was kind of preparing me for that, but. I, you know, I just always try to understand, you know, what, where are they coming from? Because what, what I found is that a lot of these people, they've had some, a bad experience. They've had, you know, something happen that's caused them to, to kind of just go every, you know, every once in a while I'll meet someone and they're just like Sheldon from Big Bang, you know, they're just really smart <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And they, you know, they think they've got it figured out. And I, I guess that's, that's kind of one pathway, but more times than not, someone's, they, they've just had a bad experience somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of, you start digging into it and listening and peeling in, you'll, you'll, you'll find that. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just, it's trying to be sensitive to that and listen for it and understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being, being quick to listen rather than quick to speak. Mm-hmm. That was, that's something I kind of had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Uh, but I think all those things together, that's. <clears throat> but I think that that's important where, where you said that, you know, you didn't shy away from those those conversations and it 
I think a lot of times we we get those conversations and we just want to make our point and you know convert the person right there <laughs> then and there and that that very very seldom seldom happens it, and so never worked with me. <laughs> so I had I had a roommate that was kind of like that was um, into you know different the the space documentaries and everything and just the disproof of of God kind of thing and tried to you know tell me about it and everything and had questions that I, I didn't know the answer to. And I was okay saying, you know, I, I don't know, you know, kind of thing. And it was, it was not through those conversations that I think that opened his eyes a little bit. It was through living with him. It was through like how I, you know, my daily life was, I think that, um, kind of was different than his. And that's, he was kind of, well, why do you do this? Or why do you, why do you sit down in the morning and, you know, journal or read your Bible kind of thing. And, um, that kind of opened up the door a little bit more rather than arguing these points where even the smartest scientists in the world don't necessarily have all the answers. So, uh, (laughs) we can do it until we're blue in the face. But, um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, that's something that, that I've definitely kind of gone through a little bit, but, um, so you're, you're in work now and do you have those conversations still going on or? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I find though the, the crew that I'm working with now, they, they're, they're much more receptive. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it, you know, a lot of these folks are a little bit older, so I think they maybe have go, gone down a similar path of, you know, regardless of what their belief is, understanding that going and arguing with somebody's not going to change anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think you get to a point where you're like, well, I realize I'm not going to change your mind. You know, you're not going to change mine kind of thing. So because of that, you're able to it, listen, and then that opens the door for, for God to, do his thing and mm-hmm. change people's mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't really see. You know, we. I have. I feel like I have some pretty good discussions with with uh, folks at work, but definitely not uh, anything on that level. Mm-hmm. And so, might be kind of the same answer to that, but kind of in in your circle or people that you're around, what what do you feel like is a is a common barrier or belief that that hinder people from having a, a relationship with with Jesus? Well, there's, there's kind of two things I've noticed, um, and this is kind of really from a brawl, just stepping back and looking just over the years. Um, number one, at a very kind of fundamental level, is just not understanding some of the language mm-hmm. that Christians can, can, can uh, sometimes use, and a good example is um, being saved. Mm-hmm. What does yeah, that mean? <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. because you, you, you hear it, and for, for all of us, we're in church, we, we, we know what that means, but mm-hmm. if you've never, never stepped foot in the church or you know, barely know, know the name of Jesus, like being saved, okay, what, what am I being saved from? What's, <laughs> uh-huh. what's that? And so I think sometimes that, that language, the, the, maybe the church language, I'll call it church lingo, can kind of turn people off. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's... Man, I, I hate to even give examples because you know everybody has a different example. But mm-hmm. I just think, just broadly, there's there's some of those things. Um, it's almost like taking that away would be so much uh, not taken away, but deciphering it, mm-hmm. if you will, for for people could be really beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's kind of one thing. Uh, but then the other thing, and this is maybe more for people that are, I'll, I'll call it, that have been on the inside. You know, they've been to church, and there's there's maybe sometimes a belief that well I have to the the there's things I have to give up and maybe maybe in some cases there are things they have to give up mm-hmm. but there's 
there's things I have to give up that, man, I just don't, I feel like it changed me too much, I, or I'll miss them, or I just can't do it. Like, I can't let go of, of these things. And so, again, I think, you know, helping helping people see that, hey, man, that's that's not really that good for you. Mm-hmm. Or there's so, I, better yet, there's something there's something better. Mm-hmm. Now, I realize those things are easy for me to say here, but, you know, in practice, when you're out talking to somebody and you're, you know, you're just trying to share with them, I keep going back to trying to trying to argue a stance and, mm-hmm. and, and not being successful. And so in that case, sometimes you just got to come beside them and live and mm-hmm. show them the light and yeah. you know, invite them around, hang out. And Yeah, I think I, I definitely resonate with that. The, um, the 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 speech or the language that we can use sometimes the the Christianese of the, you know, being, you know, saved or, you know, the, the different terms that we use can just feel like, you know, part of well, I'm not part of this club, so I don't really understand that kind of thing. And so, um, rather than, you know, you're, you're a human, you're, you're God made, you're, you're already part of this club kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and so, um, I, yeah, I think that's, that's a good one that I, I, I haven't thought about in a while. So yeah, definitely thinking about the words that you say, because they can either be, you know, barriers or, um, you know, gateways for people getting involved and in getting to the church and everything. Um, so I also wanted to ask you with, um, I saw that now, tell me a little bit about now, Leslie had, had, had cancer, correct? Mm-hmm. And so she has been over a year free of that and everything. Tell me a little bit about that and, and what, um, how, how has that impacted you and just your family? Uh, so that is, that's one of those things where it, it kind of caught us, it caught me off guard because you, you know, and I've heard so many people say this, but you, you don't think stuff like that's going to happen to you, right? Until mm-hmm. one day you kind of hear. It. And I, I remember Leslie came home and like told me, I, I, you know, my mind immediately starts going to, okay, well let's let's think about this. Mm-hmm. Let's, how do they run the test? How do they know? What, you know, I'm trying to. What kind of cancer do you have? Uh, so it's thyroid cancer. Okay. Yeah, and so it's it's weird. She. Um, she, the way she found out about it, she was having trouble swallowing. Like mm-hmm. when she would eat food, and just, it was just difficult swallowing. So she went to the doctor about that, and they started looking around, and that's when they found the, uh, I guess the nodules or whatever, and the thyroid, and it was physically like obstructing her uh, esophagus. Um, and so, it turned out it was cancer. And it's you know again, I'm I'm trying to well maybe it's not you know what yeah. kind of what is it the the levels of, of you know grief or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, you go through, uh, but one thing that that kind of um, I guess that impressed me about Leslie through that is it was like right from the beginning, man. She she's she's jumping into prayer, right? That's yeah. she she defaults to it. And like I said, sometimes for me, it's it, prayer can maybe be a little bit more challenging because one of the things I mean, not just speaking, but sometimes I try to try to lean on my own strength mm-hmm. and I try to figure it out mm-hmm. and. and and that's my default position, and so I'll I'll tend to kind of lag her sometimes in that regard. But man, she was kind of like, yeah, I prayed, and you know, God's going to answer this. And man, that kind of kind of ministered to me, like, wow, okay, all right, I'm going, wow. I hear you, right yeah. on. Um, and sure enough, man, God was faithful through that. And I mean, just even down to the doctor, that you know, the surgeon that were, uh, re, you know, removed it, uh, the thyroid, and. I mean, again, there's challenges with that, as you're well aware. You know, when mm-hmm. you don't have a thyroid, you miss that function, mm-hmm. so you've got a there's you know, 
medication you got to take. And so, you know, there was, there was things like that. I remember going and sitting, and this is a good example. I remember going and, and sitting with the doctor for the consultation or the surgeon and he was kind of telling us everything. And, and I'm just kind of sitting there listening because, you know, he's talking to Leslie and then he kind of turns to me and he says, do you have any questions? <laughs> and it was, it was sort of like, well, yeah, but I don't really I don't have them right now. Mm-hmm. The only thing that came to mind was I was like, well, how is this going to affect her quality of life? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what I'm I'm focused on. And he's like, oh, you know, if we can we can work it out and things will be just fine and no problem. And again, I'm thinking, how, well, how do you know that? Like, you know, and I'm just trying to you know answer uh-huh. it. And and you know, eventually through this thing, I, I kind of. It just dawned on me, and God was able to, to, to use it to say, hey, man, don't don't worry. I'll, I'll handle this, and I am handling it, and I will handle it. And, wow. And it, it, nobody wants to hear that in the beginning, but it's one of those things for us. We can look back on it, and you see God working. And, man, it kind of kind of boosts you up, kind of boosts your faith. And That's you know, awesome. Yeah. So, Ben, <clears throat> over a, a year now, um, cancer-free and everything, yeah. and that's amazing. And so... Yeah, I mean that's that's a, a testament there just to to dive into to prayer. I'm I'm on the same kind of page with you. Like I'm just, you know, well let's let's think about this kind of thing. Is it, you know, we'll be in a more analytical type of thing. Um, but yeah, just that I mean, that's awesome that uh, the ability to dive into prayer like that and now it's, you know, God has has healed her and you know, that's that's amazing for for her and, and everything. But um, definitely it can be uh, a scary time, I'm sure. I mean, um, how was did did where did you stay? Are, are you kind of like the the rock? Did you stay pretty firm, or how, how did you how did you kind of deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to I tend to want to just be scientific about it, uh-huh. and as you know, as long as you know, I can sit there and okay, this is it's a physical thing. We can remove it. We uh-huh. can. There's things we can do. Um, so you know, in that regard, I, I tend to be more. Um, stoic about it mm-hmm. uh, but whereas Leslie she tends you know she's very much she's more emotional about it and that that's you know I, I saw her time she she was you know having some hard times about it and that would affect me you know mm-hmm. that would get me kind of like okay mm-hmm. I got uh, yeah we got to work this out we got to figure yeah. something out but again that her her default and it, it's it, I want to brag on her man I mean it, she goes goes to God in prayer man that's that's her default position that's great. And I mean, she would many times, you know, I'd see her praying and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get on board with this <laughs> too. And yeah. you know, we pray together and yeah, it's, it's awesome. Good. So everything's good with her now, as far as, you know, that goes. And you said just some medication changes and everything, keeping the checkups and all that. Yeah, um, it'll be, so I guess for the rest of her life, she'll be on the, uh, the synthetic, um, uh, thyroid hormone I can't remember synthroid is uh-huh. what it's called uh, so she'll she'll be on that it's it's one of those things that's kind of a reminder um, and you know if she were sitting here I'd, I'd say it that it's it, I won't say the thorn but she, it's she's got to depend on God mm-hmm. always yeah and and maybe it sounds like well JR yeah right I mean you got to depend on God but that's just one of those those real tangible kind of things like okay God my, I'm literally in your hand, so we gotta depend on you. Yeah. Uh, but she's, you know, I, I guess annually she has her um, uh, the the checkups they do to to make sure that cancer's not coming back. And yeah, it's been this is like I said for a year now. 
it looked, wow. she looked clean. So God That's was great. faithful and took care of it. Great. Now, um, so with this changes of, of the church and everything going to on online, um, how has that how has that been for you? Have you um, learned to? I mean, everything was kind of already online before, as far as before the you know this hit. But now church is online more. How have you liked that? Do you do you miss being in person as much? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I miss being in person. Yeah, I, I love being uh, being in church in person. The last couple Sundays, man, it's been really mm-hmm. really good. Just being back with everybody. Okay. Um, that being said, um, you know that I, I I feel like the team at church has done a superb job at as much as it's possible to bring the the experience the service the worship the word to us virtually mm-hmm. you know by electronic medium they have they have done it i mean mm-hmm. it's 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 been really impressive to to, to see that um on on screen now, again that being said i I'm, I'm an in-person kind of person so that's that's what i prefer uh, but I do want to say, I mean, I, so you mentioned the sharing with people at, at my job and at work. Um, it, it's it's given me another, I'll say, a tool in the toolbox mm-hmm. to be able to say, hey, you know, why don't you go online and check us out? And I feel like it's much, uh, people are much more willing to go click a few links and watch something yeah. than maybe, you know, come to a church in person. So I, I think it's, it's kind of opened it up because now people... That who who wouldn't normally make that trip are able to come and see what we're all about and see what God's about and kind of get get a little get a little shot of the word you yeah. know without having to invest a whole lot and it might sound like well you know we want them to invest but you know what it's for people there's different roadblocks and different hindrances for people and I think this is is one more step to removing removing a roadblock to yeah. people seeing it so. Definitely, I, yeah, I think it's a, a good tool that, you know, we can use it as a church to, like you said, reach those people that may feel a little bit, you know, cautious about stepping in the building, can kind of sit at their home and, and use that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think of, you know, how just social media in, in general has just become something that can be used for good, but then can be kind of just a, a roadblock or whatever, where, you know, people just my fear is that people are going to going to want to just sit at home be be more comfortable at home not have that that uh, connection and everything and um yeah. coming to church and 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 doing that but um now yeah actually Avery and I watched the um the social dilemma last night did you have you watched that so i haven't um i, th- I think Leslie has okay yes yeah, so i i haven't though she's she's talked to me about it uh-huh are you on any type of social media or anything so, so i am um i guess the one i'm most I'll call it active on, which I'm not very active, is um, Instagram. Are you? And, and okay. I, I, I don't know. I like Instagram because, I don't know, you can, like I said, I, I like a lot of, um, I like beaches and I like mm-hmm. scenery and mm-hmm. like nature. And man, you can see a lot of a lot of cool stuff from all around the world mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram. So it's 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 kind of cool. Um, I, I, liked, I like Twitter. Uh, so I got, I'm on Twitter too. Okay. Um, and, but Twitter's, man... Nowadays, Twitter, it can be, it can be a rough place to be, <laughs> uh, just just with you know the division and everything. Mm-hmm. We, we seem to see a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, but that that's that's really it. I'm I'm not on a I'm not a big social media guy, but I'm I'm kind of uh, 
I'm in the kiddie pool. Okay. Uh, when it comes to social media. How about how about your um, your kids? Are you got your kids on social? Are, you, oh, are they yeah, on so there? Is my, that a big thing for oh, you yeah, guys? My, my daughter, um, man, she does like if you go to her uh, Instagram, it's like she does these photo shoots. Uh-huh. I mean, and they look pro too. I don't even <laughs> know how she pulls it off. Uh, so yeah, she's she's on Instagram. Um, I think she's got, I think she's on all the social media mm-hmm. accounts, but Instagram's the big one. Um, and and my son Eli, he just joined Instagram not too long ago. Uh-huh. Um, but he he kind of likes like the the jokes and memes and, uh-huh. and stuff like that, and and like NBA, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So it, it's it, it you know it's a good thing. It's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely something that I I'm I'm hoping to encourage like a healthy relationship with with my kids because it can be you know just the rabbit hole where you kind of just dive down and um it can just be very comparison or you know comparison world where you're comparing people against each other and you know like you said with twitter sometimes it can be a little bit of a rough battle out there where people start you know fighting between certain things but yeah Avery and i watched that um last night and it was just you know should we delete everything now <laughs> because um, that's what leslie told me <laughs> leslie said man you, you'll want to delete everything and i she's trying maybe i need to break down and watch it she was, yeah, she, yeah. She, she, she's been trying to get me watch it's it, good so. it's a it's a different take on things um if you've you know div- i thought they did a good job of kind of presenting a, like a real life scenario of how it how it looks for some of the companies and you know how much of a your your attention is the product you know it's not you know they're not selling anything it's just they're they're selling your your attention and you are the product kind of thing and uh, just different way to look at things um yeah it always i it it just gets my attention it interests me about you know that the way they craft their algorithms oh, yeah. and, and that kind of stuff because i think leslie was telling me something like we could have the same account with the same people and everything but my feed would be different than hers because mm-hmm. you know i'm my interests are, are more you know, different than hers, and yeah. so it, it, that that part always always gets me. Yeah, and not like a spoiler alert, but they they go and even depending on like where you live too. So like if you type in something on like a Google search, say, you know, I think the example was uh, climate change is, and then like you see what your results when it populates as like the, you know, what the next words are going to be. Depending on where you live, it'll be different for those words depending on if you're you know more of a Republican area or more of a Democratic area, and so it's just it's crazy that the, the algorithms that they have for all that um, that stuff. But um, but yeah, so um, basically, you know, I I I think that you know doing these talks will will hopefully you know get to know you a little bit more, and um, you know I've I've enjoyed kind of talking with you um, through this and some of the questions. I've learned a lot about you. Um, is there anything else that um, you know you're you're passionate about right now or you you feel like you want to share with the church are you um any kind of words that you want to give um yeah i mean i guess there is one thing uh one thing i would say you know we live in a time where man we seem to there's a lot of division there's a lot of i mean even even saying that it almost invites like division <laughs> just just that statement so what i've done you know over the last uh few months and during the COVID time, you know, I try to find something that I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to uh, immerse myself into a topic that it is, there's no controversy around it. There's, you know, I, you just, it, it's, it's good for the whole family. 
So I've been reading a lot about quantum mechanics. Really? Oh yeah. Like I've been trying, I'm just go head head first into it, man. <laughs> Don't start late. Just just go. Yeah, go just straight. went straight to. And, and okay. you know the thing I you know I found out you know, you get into quantum mechanics, and it's kind of like well you know there's there's no true answer. You know something can be a zero and a one at the same time. And I thought you got to be kidding. The one th- I try to find something that I'm gonna be able to get into, and it's there's no controversy. It's it's okay. <laughs> And you can be right and wrong at the same time. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you know, it, it, there's a lot to figure out there. So I, all the folks listening, if you want to make a, a contribution, dive into quantum mechanics. <laughs> so wait, what, what kind of information? I, I'm just, that's that's awesome. But what, 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 where do you start with that? Like, where do you, like, do you just, like, start the internet search? Do you have, like, a book that you've started with? Like, that's that sounds like a very deep topic to kind of just jump yeah, into. Yeah, so, I mean, a, a good a good starter is, uh, yeah, just do a Google search. Quantum <laughs> mechanics, uh, there's there's a lot, of, a lot of sources. And in the, I guess in the spirit of quantum mechanics, there's there's both a lot of sources out there and no sources out there because it's, it's not well understood and... <laughs> <laughs> so actually there is something there there's one thing um, I think Einstein famously said like if you can't explain it to a kindergartner or you know you, you don't really, you don't really under, yeah. understand uh-huh. it so there, and I, I don't remember off the top of my head but if you go to YouTube there's a video where these physicists are describing or they're explaining quantum mechanics uh, and they, they break it into like several bins like I think it's like a kindergartner like five-year-old like a middle schooler to a like a college student and then to like a PhD. So it's and you and you go through the different like five minutes of mm-hmm. each explanation. And so like explaining it to the kindergarten, I'm like, okay, yep, <laughs> I got this. And then about midway through like the middle school, or I'm like, okay, I'm lost already. <laughs> so I would say that's a good place to start because okay. and once you get up to the PhD level, it's like, okay, wow, yeah, that's they're making that up. That's not real. Um, so yeah, I, YouTube uh, quantum mechanics explained to a to a five year old or something like kindergartner. Okay, and uh, that's a good place to start. Well, I'll have to uh, do some Google searching tonight. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank you for, for taking the time to, to talk with me and everything. Um, you know, like I said, I, I really just valued your your heart, your your ability to be a servant for the church and everything. And I'm glad you didn't didn't make that move uh, um, and stay in, stay in with Centerpoint and everything. So thanks for taking the time. Oh, and thank you for having me on here. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And anytime you want to come back, just give me the invite. Sounds good. <laughs>